first person I see in our list here is Bev, uh, Bev D. And so Bev, go ahead and unmute yourself if you're not already. And, and please go ahead, keep it brief and direct for Jeffrey. Thank you. Jeffrey, I just wanted your uh, opinion on this whole COVID-19 and, and how this is going to affect the future generations. You know, I get a lot of questions, as you probably imagine, on COVID-19 virus, on the vaccines, and it's certainly a hornet's nest and it's certainly a politicized thing and there's certainly um, forces uh, lining up on both sides. Um, what I speak about is very specialized and I have tremendous confidence in my knowledge because I ask lots of scientists and double check with what I say. And so I tend to shy away from comments on things outside of my area. And in this case, that actually works way in our favor. I was talking to someone who was lobbying in DC, trying to get the uh, Congress to investigate the origins of the COVID-19 virus. And it was a Republican, yes, and a Democrat, no. So it became a political issue, not a scientific issue. And so what did we do? We skirted around it. In the movie, Don't Let the Gene Out of the Bottle, we say the lessons of the pandemic, forget about its origin. Look at H5N1. It's like squirrel, look over here. We don't need, we don't need to worry about the controversy of COVID-19. It has prepped humanity with the awareness of microbes traveling, the awareness of microbes wreaking havoc. So we don't have to alienate people by weighing into that controversial area about the vaccines, about the origin of the virus. And also, frankly, I'm not an expert, so I'm not gonna go there because my habit over 25 years was, if I don't know about something, I shut up. And it helps me because we've had, I remember being on a panel, um, a George Norrie panel at the uh, Health Freedom Expo. There was tremendous controversy going back between about 10 different doctors and they were arguing and all that. And, they, and George said, okay, close up with a, with a one minute summary. And I said, there's obviously a lot of controversy up here about health, but everyone agrees with me. Don't eat GMOs, the place erupted. And it was true. No one had an argument because I wasn't hanging my hat. It's a strategic position and it's also a, a wise for us to not, to simply not comment. So thank you for your question. And I'm gonna frustrate you by saying, Squirrel, <laughs> look over here. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, up next, we have John. Uh, John L. is up next. John, if you would go ahead and unmute yourself. Thank you. Um, hi. I was wondering, how do you stop the release of the gene editing? Are you talking about making the cheap gene editing equipment illegal and preventing their sale? And also, if someone is doing this, homegrown editing, how does it get out in the world? Great question. So our goal for the legislation is to have laws that prevent the release of all genetically engineered microbes. So if that's true, then the stock price for those companies that are selling the gene editing kits will probably go down. 
I admit there will be some collateral damage among the industry that's involved with releasing genetically engineered microbes, but at the same time, we're protecting all living beings and all future generations. So we think the trade-off is worth it. So yes, it's not about specifically, John, just those kits. It's more the concept of anyone creating microbes. Now, imagine the Impossible Burger. By the way, friends don't let friends eat the Impossible Burger. It has genetically engineered soybeans, it's soaked in Roundup, and they take genetically engineered yeast to produce the blood red heme, which has never been part of the human food supply. That same fermentation vat also ends up, let's call it dirty, and they just put all that with 46 additional uncharacterized proteins into the food that you eat, and now you're eating a product of genetic engineering with potential side, side effects. They are using the yeast, genetically engineered, to produce this heme. How do they dispose of the yeast? Do they dispose of it in such a way that it is guaranteed not to survive in the wild? We don't know. We understand that they're following the laws of disposal per county. Well, how many counties are paying attention to the fact that a live release of a microbe can cause imbalances in ecosystems around the world. So what, when we talk about preventing the outdoor release, our protect nature now requirements would be, okay, if you wanna use the microbes indoors in a secure environment and they're not pandemic pathogens, you can but you must build safeguards, you must dispose properly, and here's the kicker. If it does get out, you pay. So you can't offload the cost of a release to taxpayers. You are fully responsible. That gives them the pause. Is it worth using genetically engineered yeast if it may cost us in case we disrupt the ecosystem? So by virtue of banning the outdoor release, and assigning liability, we think wisdom will prevail and we will protect. That is our plan, but we have to do it around the world, John. We can't just do it in the United States because microbes will come in from anywhere. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.